Good morning, everyone. Let me say welcome. Thank you to those who are tuning in live, to those who may be viewing this broadcast delayed, to those viewing outside of St. John, to my family who would be viewing from the Caribbean. I welcome you to our Sunday morning service here at River Cross. And thank you for being a part and joining us in service this morning. We're truly living in unprecedented times. It's, it's been months, actually, since we've been able to get together. I actually miss the days when I had to wake up for 9 a.m. to try to get into the auditorium so that I would not be here for the 11 a.m. service where it was packed and crowded. But apart from that, I pray that you're still doing well during these times. This morning, I have the privilege of sharing from the Word of God. And we want to continue along the same theme, dealing with the life of David. If we would turn our Bibles this morning to the text, uh, which will be taken from 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8 to 17. You can look it up on your phone, or if you have a Bible nearby, some of you are, are looking at us, viewing us on your laptops, and you might have an iPad. We're taking it from 2 Samuel 23, 8 to 17. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb, Bashabeth, the Tachnomite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino, the Esnite, because he killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the people returned after him to plunder. And after him, was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentil. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Then three of the Thirty chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam. And a troop, and a troop of, the Phil, of Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephraim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. 
We'll stop there. But if you are interested in reading about the other men who were with David, or if you, are, if you like long Hebrew names, I'd encourage you to finish the passage where you'll get a clear understanding of the, the Bible refers to them as David's mighty men. It's the men who were with David during the ups, during the downs, during his good times, during his bad times, during his wins and his defeats. It's the, the men who stood by David, who supported David, who was with David through life. I'm tempted to ask the question, who's with you? But, but it's a tricky question to ask because it's difficult to develop deep relationships in these days that we live in. I'm not talking about who's with you based on your Facebook friends or the number of friends you have on Instagram. But I'm talking about like David and like his mighty men who are with you, who's with you during the tough times, the difficult times, the ups, the downs, the times when you feel like giving up. Who are the people that are with you when things are not going the way you like? Things are not going, you're in a difficult season. Who's with you? Who's, who's with me? It makes it difficult. Sometimes it's scary when I look around and I wonder, who's with me? See, this, this is not a typical David story. It's not one of the stories that is prominent. It's not one of the stories that we've learned in Sunday school or we, we sing about. It's not one of the stories that, that we tend to, to read. We might even skip this story at times because of the long Hebrew names. But, but within this story, I think there's a lesson that we can learn to help us grow as believers. Allow me to put the text in context. If you've been with us over the last few months, we've been looking at the life of David. Starting with this unknown shepherd boy who, who wasn't even selected in the initial lineup when they were selecting kings. Moving, moving to him defeating giants, overthrowing kingdoms, and ultimately becoming king. But there's a, there's a key aspect that we fail to, to tell when we tell this story because it makes for a good story. When we talk about the life of David, it's an amazing story. It's a story a lot of us have told our children we talk about David a lot. We talk about David's anointing, about his strength as a king, about his gifts, about his ability, about him being a man after God's own heart. But we tend to leave out the fact that David couldn't get there by himself. As anointed as he was, as powerful as he was, David needed help along the way. He needed help for the journey. He needed help to get him from being nobody to being somebody of prominence. He needed help for the journey. It's, 
It's interesting. One of the events I really miss during this pandemic is the Olympics. I've grown to love the Olympics, both the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics. I like the fact that the Olympics is exclusive. It's about the best of the best. It only takes place every four years. I like that the Olympics, people train for the Olympics their entire lives. To, 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 for the ability to don their national colors and stand on one of the three podiums to receive a medal. I like to hear when Canada is playing in the gold medal game for hockey. Or to look at which country has the most goals, silver and bronze medals. I like to find out which athlete has amassed the most medals in the Olympics. But what I, what I really like most about the Olympics is the post-event interviews. I, I, I know it sounds weird, but I really like the post-event interviews. The post-event interviews is an, a, 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 about a minute or so where a reporter asks the athlete, how did you get here? And, and within that minute, within that time frame, the athlete highlights all the people who were responsible and who helped him get from dreaming about the Olympics to becoming an Olympian. And, and honestly, some people need a lot of help to get from being a nobody to becoming somebody. To get from starting off nowhere, training hard, to becoming an Olympian. And as we look at our text here in 2 Samuel, it provides similar context to that of an Olympic athlete. David is coming to the end of his life, and he looks back, and he highlights the cast that was around him to help him get from being a shepherd to being king. The cast that, that stood by him, that walked with him, that helped him. David provides a reminder that we are not called to live life in our own strength, by ourselves, but rather in community, using those that God has placed around us to help us carry the burden, to help us overcome our challenges, to help us through our difficult seasons. You see, it's, it's God's strategy for successful living and accomplishing the assignment he has for our life. Galatians talks about it. Galatians says the scripture encourages us to bear one another burdens that we will fulfill the true law of Christ. If I could translate, it says, help one another, help. So as we look at David, as we compare the scriptures, as we look through the scriptures, we, we see that, that, that help is necessary for us to fulfill God's call, his plan, his purpose for our life. Help, help. The problem is help is a word that we have stigmatized in our society. Our society has made the cry for help be it emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, be seen as a form of weakness. And it has caused people 
who really need help and who want to cry out for help to be reluctant to do so. The fact is, in reality, everybody needs help at some point or the other. Everybody needs help. It's so funny that Jesus talked about it when he was leaving his disciples. Turn with me to the book of John. John chapter 14, verse 15 to 18. Jesus is telling his disciples here. He says, if you love me, keep my, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter. The Greek word is, is translated parakletos, or help. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it, is neither, but it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The, the, Jesus telling his disciples here, I'm going away. But don't worry, I know you need help in life and I will send help. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Because he knows that no matter who we are, no matter what we have, no matter who we be, no matter who we think we are, we all need help. At some point or the other. Help. True life. Help. Through the journey. Sometimes life would throw things our way. Sometimes it would, life makes things difficult. Sometimes we go through seasons when we don't know what is happening. Help. Sometimes we have family members who would pass away. Sometimes we, we have situations that would take place in our life that we don't know where it came from. And all we could say is help. Help. Everybody needs it. If, if you remember Moses, after he had led the children of Israel across the Red Sea, and they had faced, and they, were, they had sent an army out to battle Amalek. The, battle, the Bible talks about him raising his hands, and when he raised his hands, the Israelites won. And when his hands fell, they lost the battle. And, and Aaron and Hur had to come alongside him, had to come and help and kept his hands up. I, I don't want to think. I don't want to think about what would happen to the children of Israel had Moses not had help. When, when he was judging the children of Israel as well. And, and we know Moses to be a great leader, leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he, he's sitting to judge them. And his father Midian, Jethro, had to come from Midian. To, let him, to ask him, Moses, what are you doing? You need help or you'll wear yourself out. It's an encouragement. The Bible continues to show us that great men throughout the scriptures couldn't accomplish the task, couldn't accomplish God's plan for their life without help. It's important. We need it. I could attest to the fact that, that help is, is necessary because my mom passed away about nine years ago. And, and me being the eldest, I felt like I had to be strong for the rest of my family. And I, I 
didn't take the time to grieve my mom's death. And when I left a few months after, I was breaking down at nights in tears, crying, and not knowing why. Until one of my friends said to me, Keegan, you need help. And I had to get help. I had to get help so that I could find closure. The thing about it is help sometimes means authenticity and transparency. One of the keys in David's life was his authenticity and transparency. Transparency. David always brought him true, his true self in his relationship with friends and with God. Remember Pastor Rob talking about David's relationship with Jonathan and how genuine and, and authentic that relationship was. It can be seen in his relationship with God as well. If you read the Psalms, you see David's authenticity and transparency in his relationship with God. And, 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 and I understand it's sometimes difficult to be authentic and transparent. Especially when you have to share with others. It can be scary. But David's life teaches us that at times we need to be authentic and transparent so that we can get the help we need from others and from God. There's a, the final point I want us to, to take from this message, from this story in the life of David, is that your help ultimately comes not from man, but from God. David understood this. If you go back and you read the text, even though David, the text talks about David's mighty men, there are verses in the text, verse 10, verse 12, that, that highlights that it is not the men that wrought the victory, but the Lord brought about the victory. It is why David wrote Psalms 121. He says, I would lift up mine eyes to the hills. Whence cometh my, my help? He understood that his success his accomplishments didn't come from who he was, didn't come from him being great, didn't come from him being the individual that he was, but it ultimately came from the Lord. As we continue to learn from the life of David, he would have never achieved his success without God and without others. When we look at David, we see in him mighty men who stood and walked with him through life and helped him. There are times that, that we need help. Especially in this difficult season. Help. Sometimes our hearts crying and our words can't express exactly what we want to say. Help. Life has placed situations before us that we didn't expect. 
We didn't see it coming. And we don't know how to deal with it in our own ability. Help. I lost my job. Help. I lost my, my mom or my dad. Help. I'm dealing with difficult times. And all we can say is, help. It's funny because at times our soul is crying help and, and those closest to us can't, can't even hear us. They don't even hear us because it's not something that is coming out of our mouth. But our, our soul is crying, help. As the worship team comes back, I want to encourage you that those who are, are crying for help, that the Lord has promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you, but that he will be with you even until the end. Help. He has prom promised that he will be a present help in the time of trouble, when things are difficult, when we don't know what's going to happen, when we're put in situations where that we didn't expect help. Everybody, everybody encounters it at some point or the other. But if you're listening today, the Lord promises that he'll be our help. Let us pray. Father, as the hearts of your people about here this morning, and their hearts cry help, and, and their words can't express how their heart is feeling. And no one else can hear exactly what it is they're going through or understand the difficult situation that life has, has, has brought their way. We know that you hear, that you know, that you understand and that you will answer. Hear our cries, Father. Help. And answer our prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.